listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 20th of November, 2023. On Market Day, we'll speak with Raymond Chan from Morgan's for the latest from the markets. But first to Optus, where its CEO, Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin, has resigned after the outage last week. But will customers follow? Last financial year, the company actually added 435,000 mobile customers despite the 2022 cyber attack. And in the six months to September this year, it added a further 167,000. So what happens next? And who will replace as CEO? For all of that, I spoke with technology analyst Paul Butter. So what do you think are the qualities Singtel will be looking for in this, what it says is a global search for a CEO? Yeah, I mean, she wasn't a bad CEO. You know, if you look at the, at the, the, the results of uh, the company, uh, you know, she's done well. She's kept Optus, you know, strong in competition with Telstra. And, you know, in, in a situation like that, you know, there was nothing, basically nothing wrong with her. But what you see, you know, crisis can happen, disasters can happen. And that's where she really, really failed. Yeah. So you do need then a stronger person, a little bit more an authoritative person. Also, I didn't like at all her finger pointing uh, you know, blaming others. You know, I think that was so bad. Yeah. So I think that that performance as a CEO and under stress, apparently that's not uh, where she's good at. And uh, you really need uh, the qualities of, of a good CEO, you know, that, you know, make a profit and do well and things like that. But at the same time, is also seen as a true leader and can guide uh, a company like Optus through uh, difficult situations, as we saw September last year with the hack and this time with the outage. Are there local contenders, though, that could take the reins as CEO? And we know there's been an interim CEO appointed for now, but I've seen some commentary, for example, that the former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian, who is on the board, basically leading the company's um, business side of of the the operations, um, she could be a contender. Yeah, but of course, you know, she also has a bit of a difficult history and, you know, that could be work against her. Uh, and again, that is showing strong leadership. She made some wrong decisions when she was premier. Uh, and, you know, again, you know, I don't think that Optus would like to take the risk yeah, uh, in either people harking back to that situation or that uh, Gladys, you know, has, has her personality might not be totally up to scratch for, for CEO. I think the new guy that they brought in again, yeah, Peter Kaliaropoulos, you know, from uh, Starhub in Singtel, Singapore, sorry, uh, you know, that might uh, potentially be, an, an, a, a, he could potentially be CEO. He's a strong leader. He has a bit of an authoritative uh, character. Uh, he did a good job. He, of course, is in Singapore. So, you know, that um, also helps in the situation of Singtel. So, you know, that is a person that uh, perhaps half local. He worked for Optus before. Uh, and, uh, you know, that might be a person that, that could step in. But obviously, there might be others. You know, if you start looking around the world, then you come across others. But I think you need a little bit of a stronger person that is uh, 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 that can act under pressure uh, in, in, in this market, I think. Because you get hacking, cybersecurity, all these issues are only going to be worse going forward. Eh? Artificial. 
artificial intelligence and all of the issues that will bring that with it, you do need a CEO that, uh, that can handle these things and questions that will be asked and problems that will arrive in this new environment of new technologies. And finally, what do you think Optus has to do to improve its brand? What I found interesting was um, we heard from the CEO of Telstra uh, a week or so ago where um, Vicky Brady basically said that, sure, we are seeing um, a, a rise in acquisition. So basically saying there are some customers moving from Optus to Telstra. But based on the previous experience of the cyber attack, that, yes, we saw some, an increase in customers for the, for the for six weeks, but it didn't have a material impact on market share anyway for Telstra? Yeah, you know, in all honesty, telcos are becoming utilities. It's a little bit the same like banks. You know, if there's a problem with the Westpac, you try to go to the Commonwealth Bank, does it make any difference? You know, if you go from Optus to Telstra or to, to TPG, does, is it going to make any difference? So I think a lot of people will actually say, mm, you know, I'll, I'll stick it out, yeah? Uh, on the other side, you know, what you get is that particularly business com- uh, customers are going to review their situation, the contracts with Optus. Uh, and I think people that, that have a problem uh, with being, that they need to be uh, contactable, you know, they need to start looking for, for alternatives and, and perhaps a second uh, telephone or a second SIM card or whatever. Uh, but in general, I don't think that Optus will change a lot. Hopefully they come up with you know, some better compensation than than what we've seen so far. But to be honest, in all honesty, I don't think it's going to matter a lot for the market share of Optus going forward. Telecommunications analyst there, Paul Buda. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market finished stronger today, but only just the S&P ASX 200 up 0.13%, 7,058 for all of the day's market action. I spoke with Raymond Chan. He is the head of the Asian retail desk at Morgan's. Yeah, today the market is trading slightly higher on um, banks and energy stocks. Uh, The oil uh, did play a good part uh, on, on this rally. Uh, the Brent oil price uh, entered into almost a bear market territory, fell almost 25% from September high. Uh, and last Friday, we saw the Brent oil price uh, rally back, a bit of relief rally, and sent all the energy stocks in the U.S. up almost uh, actually over 2%. And we just followed the U.S. lag over here. So that's on the energy stocks sending the market slightly higher. Another sector that sent the market higher, uh, uh, have been the bank stocks today. Um, the bank reporting season looks all right. Uh, they're mostly in line with the market expectation, but why the bank share has all gone down lately? It's just because of uh, uh, the ex-dividend. Um, you know, three of the major four banks went ex-dividend lately and the share price fell afterward. And today, you know, again, it's a bit of uh, a recovery from the recent weakness. Um, you mentioned that oil price there. We've got the OPEC Plus meeting next weekend, I think, or the weekend after that. Um, how critical will that be? I think that's quite important because uh, of the weak oil price that we're seeing at the moment. Despite the supply side, according to IEA, uh, appear to be tight. Uh, however, um, the, the oil price has been um, very volatile. And as I mentioned before, it's uh, 
pretty much enter into a bear market lately. Uh, so it's important for, you know, the OPEC uh, plus meeting to get together to, I guess, the market is now looking for a production cut of up to a million barrel per day uh, from this meeting. However, we have to put into uh, uh, context that um, uh, the Saudi Arabia voluntary production cut will soon to be expired as well. So that even if they decided to go for a production cut of a million barrel in this upcoming meeting, that pretty much just upset what Saudi Arabia uh, 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 uh decided to, uh, you know, cut back from the market lately. So uh, uh, I think that would be net offs. But I think the market will certainly look at uh, the OPEC meeting as a guy. Um, as the head of the Asian desk at Morgan's, um, you've got a unique insight into China. So you know what you're talking about there. What, what I find interesting and I want to talk to you about is I feel like one day we get some positive news about China. The next day it's all negative. Then it's positive. W- what's going on? What's your take on the Chinese economy at the moment? Sure. Um, the, the feedback definitely is still a bit um, negative uh, as a whole. Um, since pretty much March uh, this year, um, the economy figures continue to be bad. Um, the trend has yet to be revised. Uh, in fact, you know, if I, if I look at the concerns, um, the market expecting China to grow just 4.5% next year. In China's standard, that's not too high. Um, so, uh, we think, you know, uh, uh, the government will have to do more and we think the government will do more, uh, you know, in, in, com- uh, in upcoming, uh, 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 venue, uh, or, or conference. Uh, they will try to send some signal back to the market. What are you expecting? What's the market saying will happen with interest rates now? Sure. I think the consensus at the moment is only 25% of the economists, uh, believe, uh, there will be one more rate hike. Um, some, I guess the majority of the market think that there will be no more rate hike. Uh, we suspect, you know, the Reserve Bank, uh, will have to do more. The inflation is fading, but still at a, at an elevated level. Uh, the Australian inflation is following the U.S., uh, inflation with a lag. As such, the Reserve Bank cash rate would, would, would still have to track Track, uh, take up a little bit from current 4.35%. We think, you know, we'll, we'll go to 4.8%. So that's the bad news. Um, however, the good, the good news is, uh, we also think the Reserve Bank may have to start cutting rate, uh, toward the end of next year or, or even, you know, uh, early 2025. Uh, opportunities for investors at the moment. Where are they? Uh, we think diversified rate looks Pretty interesting. The REIT is, of course, the old property trust. Uh, by definition, the diversified REIT uh, are, are those property trusts that uh, own a diversified portfolio of office, shopping center, uh, residential development, and industrial properties. After an extended period of uh, underperformance, we think uh, REIT looks pretty interesting as most of them are now trading below the net tangible assets. And they have a relatively strong balance sheet. They, they all learned the lesson from the GFC. And importantly, they are about to go ex-dividend in about a month time. So from which, you know, a, a good example is Murphy. We think, you know, Murphy looks pretty interesting. A quality diversified REIT trading over 20, 20% below its NTA. In the past, historically, they're trading 
10% above the NTA. Now it's 20% below. Um, you know, pay around 5% dividend yield. Uh, importantly, you are now buying a portfolio of properties from Murthak at a discount and get the funds management business for free. So this is pretty unique, pretty interesting at the moment. And finally, um, I think a, a bit of an important uh, trading infrastructure may finally get some sort of an update. It's the ASX chess replacement system. Um, can you tell us a bit about why that's important and, and does it, how does it impact traders and, and people like you, for example? Absolutely. Um, I think ever since I joined the stockbroking industry some 24 years ago, we have been using chess. I, don't see there's anything wrong with chess. Chess is really reliable. You know, it ensure our, our client holding, uh, can be, can be visualized, can be transcend, uh, can be put in a safe place. Um, however, with the improvement of technology, of course, ASX want to, uh, move, you know, uh, uh, with the market and have a more to modernize their system. One thing I think is very important is to look for real-time settlement. Uh, when I first go, went, went to the, uh, join the industry, you know, uh, it's quite standard, three to four days um, settlement. Now it's become more like two days settlement. With the new technology, there's, they could, you know, they, they've been talking about that could be real-time settlement. That will improve a lot of efficiency in trading and um you know, and, and make it uh, more um, transparent for 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 the investor. However, the problem with A6 in the past is they try to develop develop their own system. They try to uh, develop a product uh, with a lot of functionality tailor made, and now they find out after all this delay, um, they will go with a partner. Uh, is a company called called Tata Consulting uh, Con- Consultancy Services. They will use their product and tailor make for the Australian market, which I think is quite smart because, uh, first of all, they have a ready product that already deployed elsewhere in the world, uh, such as, you know, of course, they're a smaller market, you know, Finland, New Zealand, South Africa, and also Canada. Uh, however, this is a proven market, uh, uh, and this is a proven product. What ASICs have to do now is they will need to tailor make for the Australian market. They will seek consultation next year and make sure, you know, this time uh, it will be, you know, uh, hopefully on schedule, on budget. Raymond Chan there from Morgans. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.